Chapter six of Mystery at Number six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mystery at Number six by Augusta Hewell Seaman. Chapter six. A New Factor. It is a very usual but always surprising experience that when one has once become interested in a new topic or event, dozens of fresh incidents in connection with it are always cropping up to confront one. So the two Connaught cousins found it. Three days later Bernice had a rather peculiar experience. She was standing in the little post office waiting for the mail to be sorted and the window to open. Ordinarily she would have unlocked the family box, taken the contents, and gone away as quickly as possible, for she hated to linger about the rather dirty and stuffy little place. But as she had forgotten the key and did not want to return home for it, she leaned impatiently against the one writing-slab and listened in bored curiosity to the scraps of conversation going on around her. The office was crowded, for it was the regulation hour for the distribution of the morning mail, the great event of the day to the more idle population of the town, and, indeed, to many of the inhabitants for miles around, who drove in especially for the occasion. Village and local gossip was here related, and ideas on every possible subject exchanged in the soft southern drawl that Bernice always found fascinating. She found herself standing beside two typical cracker farmers, whose conversation presently drifted to her, and at a familiar name she suddenly pricked up her ears and listened with absorbed interest. "'But a thing happened in town last Saturday,' remarked one. "'You hear tell of it?' The other responded with a grunted, "'Uh-huh.' which in Florida vernacular generally indicates no. "'Well, I saw it,' the first went on. "'That there half-Indian fellow was in town. The one they do say is out to old number six living there now. He had his missus with him, the one that come down from Okeechobee way. They was just hittin' up to have a grand time, buyin' their tickets to go into the movies. I was right behind em. The line was clear out into the street. All on a sudden I saw that fellow. They do say his name is Jerry something or other, staring across the street and give a queer grunt. I looked to see what he was looking at, and there was a gray-headed fellow in a Palm Beach suit, a regular Yankee swell, a-gazing at Jerry as if he'd just got sight of someone that owed him twenty dollars. The fellow started to come across the street, but just then a lot of cars came through and blocked things up a bit, and when he got over and come up to the movie place, blessed if that Jerry hadn't a beat it, just as slick him and his missus both, and nobody seemed to know where they'd gone. The other fellow looked around, sort of dazed-like, as if he'd made a mistake, and then he went off, too. I seen him since. He's staying down to the hotel. They do say he's got something to do with the mines. At this point the window opened, and there was a rush to obtain the mail. The two gossipers drifted away, but Bernice stood stock-still where she was, rooted to the spot with astonishment at the new phase of things that had suddenly opened up to her. When the crowd had sufficiently thinned out, she obtained her own mail and hurried back to the hotel. It seemed an age before noontime, the first opportunity she would have to see her cousin, for he was helping his father with office work in the phosphate factory nearly every morning till he could go away to college in the autumn. But at last the noon hour came, and Bernice, on the watch from the hotel veranda, signaled Sidney's car as it passed by on the way to his bungalow. He got out, leaving his father to drive home, and joined her in a sunny, deserted corner. "'What's the matter?' he demanded. "'You look as if you'd been seeing things.' "'No, but I've been hearing things,' she retorted excitedly, and retailed her experience at the post-office. "'But that isn't all,' she added. 
"'Do you know that man is staying right here at the hotel? "'There he is over there, reading the paper. "'His name is Mr. Treadwell. "'I've tried to find out all I can about him this morning in a quiet way. "'He's down here transacting some law business for the mines, they say. "'Came down from New York last week. "'Nothing apparently to do with Jerry at all. "'Now, what do you make of it?' "'You can search me,' responded Sidney, looking thoroughly puzzled. "'Looks as if Jerry was afraid of him all right. "'But for what reason, goodness only knows.' It may not have anything to do with the kid. But it certainly explains why they came back so soon, last Saturday. And you say you heard the woman say he was ill, and of course it wasn't so. They just didn't want Delight to know the real reason. Can't you see that? Sidney had to acknowledge that it looked that way, but was still doubtful that it might be for any reason that would affect her. The man may know Jerry, may have had some dealings with him. Perhaps he may have hired Jerry as a guide in the Everglades at some time or other, and Jerry may have proved dishonest or got away with something that didn't belong to him. Some of those guides and trappers are notoriously untrustworthy. And this Mr. Treadwell, seeing him and perhaps recognizing him again, thought he'd just come over and have an interview. It would be a very simple explanation. "'It would be simple, but it just doesn't seem to me to fit,' declared Bernice. "'If that had been all, I believe Jerry would have bluffed it out somehow.' I'm sure it would take a good deal more to make him so anxious to elude the man as he was very evident. Now I propose that we go to see Delight again this afternoon, manage to see her alone somehow, and just stop beating about the bush any longer, but find out what is the matter there and how we could help her. I don't see why you constantly take it for granted that she needs any help, protested Sidney. She's an interesting little thing, and I admit that there are some puzzling sides to her, but it's none of our affair after all, and I don't see why we should meddle in it. Sidney was planning a career as a lawyer, and certainly he was gifted with the judicial mind, infuriatingly so at times, in Bernice's opinion. However, I'll take you out this afternoon if you want to go. And despite all he said, Bernice shrewdly suspected that his own curiosity played not a little part in his acquiescence. After all, though, admitted Bernice, when they were on their way that afternoon, I don't know how we actually can open the subject with her, do you? She's awfully difficult to approach about anything concerning herself and those people. If you take my advice, you'll let her alone on it. Perhaps something may come up that'll open the subject without any trouble. It's always better if it comes that way. I don't believe in forcing anything myself. Having delivered himself of this sage advice, Sidney drove gravely on, keeping a weather eye always out for the stray cows and pigs that make life a burden to the Florida motorist. But the problem was again solved for them by what they encountered as they drew near the vicinity of the trail, where they usually turned off the main road. To their immense surprise they beheld, walking ahead of them and in an opposite direction from the one which they had come, the unmistakable figure of their new friend Delight. With his foot well down on the accelerator, Sidney speedily overtook her. "'Hello! May we give you a lift? We were coming over to see you this afternoon.' The girl gave them a startled look followed at once by a joyful greeting. "'I have to walk to a little store about five miles from here,' she told them. "'We're all out of tea and flour, and Uncle Jerry is too poorly to go. They didn't get all they wanted in town the other day, and it's too far to go there. We—they sometimes get things at that little store.' "'Well, this is luck. Get right in,' cried Sidney, "'and we'll drive you there. It's a shame for you to walk on this warm day, anyhow.' He got out and helped her into the rear seat, where she settled down rather timidly beside Bernice. "'I've—I've I've never ridden in one before,' she acknowledged, and fairly lost her breath at the speed which Sidney promptly put on. Bernice observed that her dress was considerably tidier than when they had seen her before, 
a clean middy blouse and her skirt mended and brushed. Her dark hair, too, was smooth and orderly. It all created a subtle change in her appearance, transforming her from the wild little half-Indian that she had first appeared into a civilized and even well-groomed person. "'How nice you look,' was Bernice's involuntary comment. "'I—I I want to look nice always,' declared Delight in timid appreciation of the compliment. "'But it's so hard in—in in the wilds there especially when—no one else tries. Those books you brought me made me want to all the more, that and seeing and being with you. I've made up my mind that I'll keep trying. But somehow Uncle doesn't seem to like it. He—' he doesn't understand. This latter, in an unusual burst of confidence, I—I I think it is because he doesn't read. Here was the very opening Bernice looked for, and she took advantage of it boldly. How is it, Delight, that you wanted to read when no one else around you did, wanted it so much that you were willing to go all that way to school, to learn? It has always surprised me. Immediately Delight went into her shell again, and Bernice felt that for once she had made a dreadful mistake but a moment later the girl turned to her with a mysterious air. "'I've made up my mind to tell you something, Bernice. You're the first friend I've ever had, the only one. Will you promise to keep it a secret?' "'Mayn't I even tell Sidney?' whispered Bernice breathlessly. "'He's so interested in you, and I know he will never tell.' "'Well, yes, but not now, later. No one else, positively. The most important reason that I wanted to learn was because I had found a strange thing, long ago, that I wanted to find out how to read. I felt sure it would tell me something about myself, about who I am. End of chapter 6